Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we concluded our look at the direct examination of SLED Digital Forensics expert, Lieutenant Britt Dove. In this installment, we begin our look at the defense's cross-examination of Lieutenant Dove. That's all coming up, right after the break. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It is late morning on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, day six of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor John Conrad introduced a video recorded at 8.50pm on the night of the murders that the witness, Lieutenant Britt Dove, extracted from Paul Murdoch's phone. In the video, we see Paul's hand open and enter a kennel cage with a large brown dog named Cash. The camera records Cash's tail as we hear Paul interact with a canine, and we also hear other voices, one female and another male, in the background referencing another dog named Bubba. We begin today with Judge Clifton Newman inviting the defense to question Lieutenant Dove. Cross-examination. Rising for the defense for the first time in the trial is Philip Barber, an associate in lead defense attorney Dick Harpudlin's law firm. Barber has a thick head of brown hair parted on the right. He sports a thin gray and brown beard and wears a blue suit, a white dress shirt with a spread collar and a purple tie. Barber first introduces himself to Lieutenant Dove and then dives into his cross. Good morning, Lieutenant Dove. My name is Philip Barber. I represent uh, Mr. Murdoch. Good morning. Um, I'm going to, I'd like to get to a timeline as soon as possible, but first I want to go over just a few things we've been talking about. We talked about uh, reading text messages when they're sent and when they're read. Yes, sir. Uh, is it possible to see the contents of a text message without it being marked read? Yes, sir, it is. And how would that be? If you have a notification on your phone on the lock screen that would show a text message, depending on how long the text message is, you could see the text message and read most of the content without actually opening it and reading the message. And we talked about the, the battery on Paul's phone. It was down to 2% when that last text message was marked as read. Is that correct? It was in that time frame, yes, sir. And is it reasonable that someone whose battery is uh, down to 2% might curtail their use of the phone? It is possible, yes, sir. Philip Barber next digs into the witness's testimony about the orientation changes on the three phones that he analyzed in the case. Uh, we've talked a lot about orientation changes, and I think there was some, some discussion right before we saw that video about orientation changes, and I, I think we should go into some detail about exactly uh, what that means. Barber then hands the witness a document. 
I'm going to show you what's been marked as Defendant's Exhibit 38. And do you recognize that, sir? Yes, sir, I do. It appears to be part of the Knowledge Seed database um, with some tables changed up because it's so large to make it more readable. And Knowledge Seed database for whose phone? Um, at the top it says Maggie Murdoch's phone. And you, you talked about the Knowledge Seed database a little bit yesterday, but maybe just to refresh, what is that? Knowledge Seed database is a rather good-sized database. It reports a lot of information inside your phone. It can be orientation changes. It can be whether a phone's plugged in to a wall, to a car. Uh, it can record such things as applications um, if they're launched sometimes in there. Um, it's just It's a variety of things. It can record battery. Um, it's part of the power log, too, where it'll record the battery usage as far as the percents. Philip Barber asks Judge Newman to admit the document into evidence, and he does so without objection. Barber then asks for the document to be distributed to the jury and instructs the witness to go to the last page of the stapled stack of papers. Sir, if you please turn to the last page. Please. Yes, sir. Is this, this is not a list of everything in Knowledge C, correct? Correct. Um, this is just showing orientation changes. Correct. And is this showing all the orientation changes in this database in Maggie Murdoch's phone? Uh, for the time frame that it's set up, as far as June 3rd, 2021, it ends on June 7th, 2021. Do you know if Maggie Murdoch's phone had any orientation changes in the Knowledge C database before June 3rd? Nothing that I remember seeing. If we turn to the very last orientation change, do you see that? It has date recorded 906 and 22 seconds? Yes, sir, it did. And that's on uh, June 7th? Yes, sir, it is. Is that the last orientation change before the phone was recovered by law enforcement the next day? According to what I looked at, that's the last one I saw. And where was the phone uh, recovered? I'm not exactly sure. I wasn't at the scene. I know it was not recovered um, near the kennel area, but exactly where I wasn't there, so I'm not sure. I mean, do you, are you aware that it was um, covered uh, from the side of the road into the woods about 15 feet? I've heard that, but like I said, I was not on scene, so I can't say 100% I was there to see it. Um, what I want to ask about here is we have three different dates and times for this one orientation change. And I just want to understand what each one means. So the first one, date recorded, which is uh, at 906 and 22 seconds, what does that mean? That's when it recorded the orientation change. So would that mean that that's when this line was written in the database? Yes, sir. So the start time for an orientation change, what does that mean? It's when it started, it started to record that an orientation change was happening. Okay, and then I see the end time would be when it ended eight seconds later, right? Yes, sir. What does that mean for an orientation change to take eight seconds? That it was in that position. Um, so is it taking eight seconds to go from portrait to landscape? No, sir. It's recording that it was in that. It did not show that it changed. If it's in portrait, it didn't show that it changed from portrait to landscape or from landscape to portrait. It shows it was in that position for that period of time. Okay, so, and then over here, this, this number, um, there's numbers that are zero or one. Uh, zero would be um, landscape and one would be portrait, correct? Yes, sir, correct. So we have here, this is the last orientation change before it's recovered, and we have a start time and an end time of 12 seconds to 20 seconds. Yes, sir. And do you recall um, uh, that there was an incoming phone call in that time period? Yes, sir. There were incoming phone calls um, around the 904, 905, um, I think in 908 also, or a text message around then. Um, do you recall that there was a phone call between 906 and 12 seconds and 906 and 20 seconds? Yes, sir. I believe there was. 
And who was that call from? Um, it was from Alex Murdoch. So during the period of this orientation change, there's an incoming call from Alex Murdoch? Yes, sir. And so during this period, um, the screen is on, correct? The screen would light up once the call's made, yes, sir. Uh, and it's ringing, correct? I'm assuming it would be, yes. We'll come back to that when we try to flesh out a little bit of a timeline. Barber hands the witness another document. Um, the next thing I wanted to ask you about, I will show you what's been marked as Defendant's Exhibit 41. Do you recognize that, sir? Yes, sir. This is another table from the Knowledge Seed database. It's actually, isn't it the same table, sir? Well, it's part of the same table. It's actually the other one um, contained the orientation. This one contains apps. Well, let me ask this. When you under stream name, do you see Siri UI? Yes, sir, I do. And do you understand what that is? Yes, sir. Okay. So this looks similar, and we see that it says Siri, and there's things that say begin and end. What, what does UI mean? It stands for user interface. And so we see here the user interface is starting and stopping at these various times. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And what uh, on Maggie's phone, what would typically trigger the Siri user interface? It could be several different things. If it's set up with Siri where there's a word that you say, you know, Siri or whatever you choose to say, it could activate it um, when it's listening. It could be hit the button, the power button to activate it. It could be several different things. And, and hitting the button, is the button on the side of the phone? Yes, sir. If that's pressed and held for a couple of seconds, it comes on? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Defense attorney Philip Barber next asks Lieutenant Dove about another digital forensics expert, presumably an expert hired by the defense. Can I want to turn, uh, do you know who a, a man named Al Johnson is in relation to this case? Yes, sir, I do. And, and who is he? He is a private investigator that does digital forensics, retired from the FBI. And did he do work on this case? Yes, sir, I believe he did. Um, did he do analyses of the phones in this case? Yes, sir. Have you ever seen those analyses? I have not seen his completed reports, no, sir. Okay, have you seen his Axiom reports? I have not seen all his Axiom reports, no, okay. sir. Barber pivots to asking the witness about his analysis of step data recorded on the victim's cell phones. Let me ask this. When you uh, looked at the steps and the time periods for the steps on the Maggie's phone and Alex's phone, did the steps after 9 o'clock say, did they ever uh, go together? Were there steps happening on Alex's phone at the same time as Maggie's phone? I would have to look at the two reports because I looked at them singly, so I would have to put them together to compare them. Okay, well, let's, let's find them. Barber hands Lieutenant Dove two sets of documents, and the witness lines up the timelines of recorded steps on the phones of Maggie and Paul Murdoch so that he can compare them. And so just to understand the question, is there anything indicating that Maggie's phone and uh, Alex's phone are moving together in those reports? No, sir, it doesn't appear so. Uh, if the same person had had both phones on them, 
and one of the phones was recording a significant number of steps, would you expect to see the same number of steps or something very similar on the other phone? I would expect to see steps on both phones, yes, sir. And you would expect to see those steps over about the same time period? Yes, sir, give or take a minute or two for entry in the database. And then you would roughly expect to see the same number of steps on each phone? Yes, sir, within a few. Barbara next turns to another area of inquiry. Are you familiar with a timeline prepared by a special agent, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Rudolfsky, is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, did you assist with the preparation of that timeline? I reviewed it early on. I have not reviewed anything in the last week or two on it. Well, let me let me ask about that. Early on, but not within the last week or two, that the case has been investigated you know, for since 21. So were you assisting with that until a couple of weeks ago? He provided me copies of it previously when it was in a working draft copy just to verify that he was interpreting the information from my reports onto it correctly. And now turning to Alex Murdoch's um, vehicle, it was a Chevy Suburban, is that correct? Yes, sir. And did you do any work regarding the electronics in that vehicle? No, sir. Uh, you had no involvement in anything with that vehicle? As far as processing the data, no, sir. I just took the items that were seized from the vehicle as far as the infotainment center and prepared them and sent them to the FBI to be processed. Uh, have you ever seen any of the results from the FBI processing? Yes, sir, I have. Barbara then moves on to examining Lieutenant Dove about his testimony regarding text messages. So now I want to turn and start going through some of the text messages on Maggie's phone. It's maybe a little hard to read, sir, but do you recognize what's been marked as Defendant's Exhibit 54? It appears to be a report for iMessages, SMS, and MMS messages. And is this a report you prepared? No, sir, I don't recognize this report. I mean, are you certain about that, sir? This was produced in the extractions. This is the Axiom report uh, with bookmarked. Yes, sir, but I did not prepare it like this. It, it's a, a web page on the computer, correct, sir? Yes, sir, it's an HTML page. And then this is just a printout of that? It says print this page at top, so I would assume that it is, yes, sir. Uh, sir, can you read under source, say, on the on the third entry? On the third entry of source? Okay. Yes, sir. You see where it says CCRED, and then it says Red Network Local, and then Slash, and Root, and Dove, your name. Do you recognize any of that? Yes, sir. That's the file path for our evidence server with this item, the extractions contained. Barber asks the court's AV technician to zoom in on one area of the document for the jury's benefit. And could we zoom in so that um, the left side of the screen is a little larger? Zoom in so the left side of the screen is larger and visible to the jury. Now, Lieutenant Dove, the, the times in the time column here are uh, UTC, so we'll need to subtract four hours from them. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So, and this is a listing of text messages that um, Maggie Murdoch sent or received? Yes, sir, it is. Okay. So this, the, the second entry there, what's the time for that message? The time it shows the message sent time is June 7th, 2021. It shows it at 7.55.26 p.m., but to correct it to Eastern Standard Time at that point would be 3.55.26 p.m. That's with minus 4 UTC. Okay, and the, is this in, uh, incoming or outgoing message? This records it as a message that was sent. Well, uh, can you read the message? It says, T.Y., I'm waiting at daughter. Alex wants me to come home. I have to leave door open at Edisto, but trust Mexicans to shut and lock for me. His dad is back in hospital. The last doctor claims no cancer, it's pneumonia. Well, let's just continue. Do you read number three? Yes. It's hard to tell where it separates on this report, but there's two emojis, and it says, Alex is about to die. Hope he doesn't go down there to sleep. 
Alex needs to take care of himself as well. And what was the time on that? That text message was June 7th, 2021. It shows it at 7.57.16 p.m. To correct to UTC minus 4 would be 3.57.16 p.m. And then if we come down to number 5, that's an incoming message from Mr. Uh, Mr. Murdaugh, isn't it? That we looked at before. Yes, sir. And what does it say? It says, how's your doctor appointment or a PPT. And if we go to the second page and number six there, is that an outgoing message? It shows it as a received and read message. Okay. And what does it say? It says, yes, he does. He told me he was tired when he left. I hope they can treat Mr. Randolph at least to make him comfortable. Now the next one, number seven, is that a reply to the how was your doctor visit message? Yes, sir, it appears so. And what does it say? Waiting as usual. And number eight, is that an outgoing message? It is a sent message, yes, sir. And what does it say? It says, I'm scared for him and Alex and all of us. Uh, in the context of these text messages, uh, you understand that to be referring to Mr. Uh, Randolph Murdaugh's medical condition? Yes, sir, I do. And what's the time on that? That time is June 7th, 2021. It shows at 8.06.43 p.m. To correct it to minus 4 UTC would be at 4.06.43 p.m. And number nine, um, what does that, is that incoming or outgoing? It shows it as a received and read text message. And what does this text message say? It says, I know, just pray about it and hope he gets a little better. Alex and you really need to relax. Always being on the go with little to no sleep is not healthy. Remember that I have a doctor's appointment in the morning in Buford. If I get done early, I will go to Moselle. I'll let you know. Let's uh, skip down to page four. I believe will be our next message from uh, Mr. Murdoch. And we're looking at number 18. Is this an incoming message from Mr. Murdoch? Uh, line 18, uh, who is this text message from? The text message, it shows the client, or the chat ID is one 942 one two two seven. Is that uh, Alex Murdoch? Yes, sir. And what is the time of this message? The time of this message is June seventh, twenty twenty one, eleven oh five fifty five p.m. To correct to minus UTC is going to be seven oh five fifty five p.m. And what does the message say? Paul says you getting or Paul says you were getting petty. Call when you get done. And there are two exclamation uh, marks after petty. Correct. Yes, sir, correct. Showing some impedi, you would understand here to be in pedicure? Yes, sir, to the best of my knowledge it is. Uh, now, number 20 would be the next text message from Mr. Murdaugh, and uh, what is the um, time on that? The time on that, on the paper, it's June 8th, 2021, at 1.08.58 a.m. To correct the time to minus 4 UTC would make the day June 7th, 2021. 21 at approximately 9.08.58 p.m. And what does this one say? Going to check on M. Be right back. And then finally, number 21, um, I'll just ask, is this at 9.47 and 23 seconds p.m.? Yes, or once it's credited for the UTC. And what does this say? It says, call me, babe. And who is it from? It's from the same phone number of 1-803-942-1227. And that phone number is for Alex Murdoch. Barber pivots back to the 908 text message from the defendant to Maggie Murdoch stating, quote, I'm going to check on M. Be right back, unquote. Asked about that 908 text message because 
think there's state talked about that a bit. Let me ask this. Do you know when that text message was actually displayed uh, on Maggie Murdoch's phone? I would have to check the report to see if it actually shows the display time or when it recorded in the law. But I believe it was the 908 mark. With that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we continue our look at the defense's cross-examination of Lieutenant Dove. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.